Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. and gentlemen i am your host blake rafino this is are you serious sports we hope that you guys are making it a good one we know that we are as well massive show in store for you here tonight as we recap lsu baseball who goes on the road bring out the brooms baby bring out the brooms as hayden travinsky with two outs Two strikes in the bottom of the ninth. Goes absolutely ham on a fastball. Up and in. Over the fence. Yeah, yeah. And the, de- <laughs> and the Demons. And the Tigers would sweep the Ole Miss Rebels. We get in that here tonight. Also, we'll recap the spring game we talked about in the post game, But nevertheless, we're going to talk about it again here tonight we're going to talk about it here again tonight what you should take away from it what you should not take away from it we're going to talk about some quarterbacks we're going to talk about some dbs receivers o-line we touch on all of that also i think that this guy is a really interesting cat doesn't matter that i know him well doesn't matter that he's been a mentor to me in this business but it is draft week it is draft week and tonight eric weinberger from believe who started the nfl network and the week-long coverage of the nfl draft joins us at 7 30 along with your monday special of carter the power bryant that will be joining us at 7 50 So we're going to talk the draft, how it got started, the week-long process, what executives who, like, started the NFL Network, like Eric Weinberger, 
what they do and don't know before the draft so that they're not surprised. He's got stories on top of stories. What happened with Donovan McNabb? What was it like maybe with Aaron Rodgers who got traded today to the Jets, I might add. Going to be absolutely fantastic to talk to Eric Weinberger at 7.30. Carter, you know what we're going to do. We're going to chop that thing up like the holy trinity in this hoe. And we're going to talk some LSU spring football. So I'm looking forward to him at 7.50. We'll go around your SEC, though, to close it out as the... So I made my seven picks, who is going to win series. I went five and two two weeks ago. This past weekend, I didn't do so good. <laughs> I thought I did not pick South Carolina. I did not pick Tennessee. Nevertheless, went five and two again. So we're 10 and four on the season. So love it. Made some money this weekend. Again, y'all need to start listening to your boys' bets, baby. We're making money over here. Ching, ching. He's the diaper dandy, baby. <laughs> so it's cool. And we'll talk about, we'll talk a little recruiting. Who in the Rudy Poo said that Brian Kelly couldn't recruit? Oh, no, Mr. Blake. Here comes all these crystal balls on high five and four star athletes. Deshaun McBride just committed. Morgan Wallen is a piece of Rudy Poo. Little Boosie would never. <laughs> Boosie would never cancel a concert because his voice went out. He'd be up in that thing. B-O-O-S-I-E. <laughs> That's what you get. You know, it's pretty typical for old Miss fans to be in Vault Hemingway Stadium for three hours and ultimately be disappointed. It's also what happens in their sex game. All right, let's get to a couple comments before we get rolling. This old vet says, so what you're saying is, is you're about to make Weinberger famous. No, Weinberger's about to make me famous. He's about to make me famous. Um, he's our executive producer for the company that we're with and believe. But he started the NFL Network he knows the Big Ten commissioner. I mean, dude's just like, guys, the the Eric Weinberger that we're going to bring on at 730 legitimately is who found Adam Schefter and Ian Rapp. I think Ian Rappaport, too. Like, dude's legit. Legit. Uh, Brandon Reese says, hashtag ask Blake. Getting Deshaun McBride is huge for BK and Kerry Cooks. I'm hoping we get Jawan Johnson. Yeah, looking good there. It's looking good. Uh, Delton Ducey on YouTube says, smash that like button. Yeah, really, for real, man. It really helps us with that algorithm. It really helps with that algorithm. Smash that like button. Old Vet again says, ah, we are live. That we are. So does Roderick Duga. Dylan Allen says, Morgan Wallen, a whole B up in this thing. I don't disagree. I do not disagree. He also asked, Blake, do you think that we'll go after that linebacker from Notre Dame who just entered the portal? I don't know, but he was a former five-star. Um, I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, Father Bear, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, says, Travinsky, based on what he said about having the most fun he's ever had not being a starter that shows, shows me 
that this team has the character and chemistry to put up the numbers, uh, up to the numbers intimidator. I agree. I agree. And what's so great about Hayden Travinsky, man, what's just so great about him is just the simple nature that you're older upperclassman. You, yeah, he started on Saturday, but hadn't had a lot of playing time. I think he had played in 16 games up to that point or 15 games up to that point when he got uh, to pitch hit for Alex Malazzo, two outs, two strikes, and sent it. Oh, I mean, just blasted. Blasted. That ball in the over left field wall. So, can't take away. And we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this. We'll lead off with it. You can't, you can't, um, you can't argue with how Ty Floyd and Christian Little looked. And I thought you had some good, you did well out of pen. Like the biggest misconception is like, oh, our bullpen still stinks. No, Ole Miss had seven dudes hitting above 300 going into the weekend. Their hitting has not been their issue. Kemp Alderman has 17 home runs. That's not been their issue. It's not been their issue. I love this comment, though. I love this comment. Chance Babin says, Hayden Travinsky's mustache is what went yard. I agree with that. I agree with that. Spectrum Wellcare, which you need to get Spectrum out here to my house because internet's always Rudy Poo. Says, any news on the D-line coach? It's of my assumption. Here we go. Oh, wrong button. I think we know in a week to 10 days. I think we know in a week to 10 days. We're going to know exactly what's going on. So stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter right up here. Right here. Sorry for everyone listening to us. But if you're watching us on TV, you can see it. AYS Sports on Twitter. Turn on the notifications, baby. Turn on the notifications. All right. Let's get rolling. So I've got good friends over at betonline.ag and our good friends over at GM Varno and Sons. GM Varno and Sons.com. Before we do that, you know what time it is. Do us a favor. Hit that like and share, baby. Hit that like and share, baby. Share if you're on Facebook. Share to all of those social media groups. Share to all of those social media pages, yours included. If you're listening to us on YouTube, thank you so much. We were over the 5,000 subscriber mark. Like, comment, notification bell, all of it. If you haven't subscribed, do so uh, for us as well. If you're listening to us wherever you listen to podcasts, TuneIn app, SiriusXM, and now we are excited to announce we are coming to a, a living room near you. You got a Roku TV, all that good stuff. We'll announce exactly the time, date, location that you can watch us live on television. Thank you uh, to our good friends, Braun and Eric, who's coming on tonight for helping us with that. So without further ado, let's talk about our good friends. Guys, we're back in just one minute. We got to talk some LSU baseball, some LSU football. We got some good guests coming up. It's a big show. Stay tuned. Ben Online is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first to market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live 
in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to Bet Online today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe50. That's Believe50, B-L-E-A-V, 5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Vardo and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, mono chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Full Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell them you good friend, Blake Rafino. Sit you on by. We're back! Alright, let's get this thing started, y'all. Let's get this thing started, y'all. Uh, Jamie Brady on Facebook says, when does Haley Van Lith make a decision? I think that's going to be soon as well. Chance Babin says, hey, Intervinsky's must hit Twitch yard. We talked about that. Jacob Wiggins says, let's go. Yes, sir. Don't forget to hit that like and share button there, Mr. Wiggins. He says, will Colorado still have a team left? Yeah, we went pretty in-depth in that on the Rafino and Joe show. Go over there on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell, all that good stuff there as well. Joe and myself, it's really becoming a big thing, so do us a favor in doing that. Blaine Smith says, I would like a transfer running back. I don't know if Emory will be eligible. Got running backs banged up. Well, let's start there. So, actually, we'll, we'll start with some baseball. We could start with some football first. Um, since it's what everybody's talking about in the in the Rudy Crew chat. Let me just say this. I vehemently disagree with that. I 1,000% just vehemently disagree. Guys, Josh Williams was out. Trey Holly was there. Noah Kane was there. I mean, you're still getting a really good back coming in in Caleb Jackson. You're going to get some of your backs back. Armani Goodwin is coming back. You have some backs. Now, Brian Kelly did talk about John Emery and the possibility of his return. He didn't cancel it out. He didn't say it wasn't wasn't going to happen. There were just some academic requirements that John Emery's got to meet. But, man, all in all, let's call it what it is. Your spring 15 practices that LSU had were really good. Guys, they, they were good. You come out there, you have some little injuries, yes, but nothing that's that's life altering or not life altering, but season altering. You got some guys back. You saw what you needed to work on. You saw great things from your quarterbacks. You saw good things where Harold Perkins in the inside, an inside backer. You just saw what you needed to see. Now, as I've mentioned before, and we'll continue to mention every single spring that we're doing a show, don't overreact to spring football games. Can you be excited? Being overreacting and being excited are two different realms of what happened on Saturday for LSU football. Your quarterback in Jane Daniels went 10 for 11, 170 yards, give or take. Two touchdowns, could have been three if you wanted to count. The first one that he threw to Malik Neighbors in the corner, first play from scrimmage in the red zone, fade route, bam! Cool. Garrett Nussmeyer leading a touchdown. 
in the red zone as well. You can give it to him too. I just think that you, it for me, it it felt a lot like the quarterbacks picked up where they left off against Purdue. Both of them. I don't know if you go into the season with a two quarterback race. I don't know if you go into the season, those two guys splitting time. I, I just don't know that. What I do know is that you have two dudes under center that you feel really good about, man. You feel really, really good about. And if either one of those young men have to play, great. The thing that I love about both of these quarterbacks, you know, Jane Daniels throws a touchdown to Kyron Lacey. Who's the first guy out there greeting Jane Daniels? It's Garrett Nussmeyer. Garrett Nussmeyer, he's like, anything you can do, I can do better. And he goes down the field. He leads a scoring drive. Bang! Tutty. Quick slant to Brian Thomas for a touchdown when he's with the ones. Who's the first guy that ran out on the field? You guessed it. Jane Daniels. I love that, man. We make so much of the quarterback race. I want this guy. Blake, you don't know football. Football this. Football that. You know what that tells me? Is those two, those two dudes know what the competition is and can lead the team to the promised land that you're ultimately trying to get to. They can lead you to a promised land that you ultimately want to get to. The fan base makes more of a bigger deal, and especially the media sometimes makes it more of a bigger deal. Than, I'm a Jane Daniels guy, or I'm a Garrett Nussmeyer guy. Guys, Garrett Nussmeyer wasn't ready to lead your team last year. Jane Daniels did, and you won the West. Can you be happy for that for a change? Be happy for that. You know, I, not only the quarterbacks, but I thought the offensive line, when I looked at them, the first offensive line, I might add. They picked up the blitzes. Matt House sent some pressure at them. They picked it up right. They picked it up right. They didn't get out of character. They didn't miss an assignment. They picked up and did the right things. Well, Blake, Jane Daniels got sacked by Harold Perkins. Well, guys, who the hell wouldn't? Who the hell wouldn't? You've already seen Perk Dog, Perk 40, or now Perk 4, literally tracking down Malik Hornsby in the open field. Bryce Young, who will probably be the number one pick coming up this upcoming Thursday. What are we talking about here? <laughs> Quarterbacks are still going to get sacked. They picked it up. Noah Kane just got blown up. He got pieced up by Harold Perkins. Sounds good. Next play, guess what didn't happen? Go back and watch the film. Noah Kane got beat the first time. He didn't let it happen again. Didn't let it happen again. All in all, I'm really excited on how you looked. I'm excited how both of you looked. Or both of them looked. And both of how this team looked. You know, I'm not going to reel off stats. Why would I get stats? I, I charted. Both of the all the drives with the number ones, and offensively you did good. Another guy that I was blown away by, just to be real with you, and we talked about this on Saturday. A guy that just showed me that he's ready, I think, to be a dude in the SEC was Omar Spates. Guys, they Madhouse called a, a, a linebacker blitz. I don't know what the exact call was. I don't know what they were trying to accomplish, 
But Harold Perkins came, Omar Spates came, and a guy off the slot came. So sending the house at LSU. Jane Daniels made the right check. He threw it to Noah Kane in the flat. But what happened? Omar Smates, knowing what Jane Daniels is going to do, at the last second baits him, doesn't blitz, and goes out into the flat to cover Noah Kane because if he doesn't, it's going to be a big pickup for Jane Daniels, Noah Kane, in the offense. Did really good in the running game. That's a massive pickup in the portal. And you know what's interesting about that is legitimately Brian Kelly came out here in a press conference and said, guys, when you watch this team next season, when you watch LSU football, you're going to say to yourself, man, I'm really glad they went and got that guy out of the portal. How he's not talking about Omar Spates, I just don't know. You have depth along the defensive line. The defensive line, for what it was worth, held their own against, and really the second unit, if you want to call it what it is, the second unit held their own against a very talented and a very good offensive line group. You saw Paris Shan out there make some flashes. You saw uh, Jalen Lee. You just saw Quincy Wiggins. You saw guys out there that can contribute for you. And when it's all said and done, you could, and at least from a depth perspective, one thing that's not questionable, one thing that it just, no matter what you say or what whatever happens to LSU this upcoming season, one thing is 1,000% true. They have significant amount of more depth than they had a year ago. You had a lot of guys out. You're getting five new offensive linemen that are coming in, uh, either the portal or talented freshmen. You got Mason Lunsford, uh, Lance uh, Hurd. You got Paul Mabinga. You, you got some guys that will come in here and can give you very, very quality depth. And you got that along the defensive line too. The biggest concern... The biggest concern that everybody will will say is what you saw at DB. Guys, let me just call it what it is. As much as I love what Jaden Daniels did, as much as I love what Kyron Lacey and the wide receivers did, as much as I love what a lot of these dudes did this Saturday, you're running man-to-man coverage on the outside. They are legitimately running the man-to-man coverage on the outside. There's no zones. There's nothing that the quarterbacks have to pick apart. So, am I worried about LSU from a defensive back perspective? I'm not concerned. I'm aware. You know, it's like your girl. When your girl texts you and she's like, Hey, big daddy, what you doing? And you know she's going to ask for something. And the thing that she's asking is, Can I go to the, out to, with my girls later to the club? You don't think your girl's going to cheat on you, but you're aware that she's at a club with some really stanky women. You know, it's like if you were dating a girl, Snooky from the Jersey Shore. Snooky goes out to a club. Snooky going to get hit on. Was it Snooky? Y'all help me in the chat. Am I, am I thinking about the right girl? You get what I'm saying? I'm cautiously aware of what happened, but... A five-star DB in Denver Harris just got pieced up by a sick five foot eleven, 170-pound white dude who is also on scholarship. 
who's also on scholarship. You know who guy who wasn't never on scholarship? Our friend Matt Tran from WBRC he says, you're doing too much tonight. Yeah, I mean, just bringing on the guy who pretty much founded the NFL Network, no big deal. No, no, big, no big deal. What have you done with your life? All right. A couple comments before we get to baseball, and then we're going to bring in Eric Weinberg in about three minutes. Uh, Holden Lee says it could be worse. It could be Colorado. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. They have 682,000 kids that hit the portal today. This is how many kids that hit the portal today for Colorado. I think it's 15 officially. I think it's 15 officially. I mean, Dion's a lot of things, but uh, not getting kids to stay, uh, you know. Anyway, this is how many kids that went to the portal today for Colorado. Look at that. Look at that. That, that. That's a massive number. Us people in Louisiana can't even count that high. I know I can't. Matt Trent says Eric Weinberger discovered you. You damn right he did. He knows talent. He found Shefty. I, I am the Bayou Shefty. I wonder if he came up with that tone. See? See? Backfired on you, sucker. Uh, Brandon Reese with a good comment. He says, I'm ready to see Perkins and Spades together. Absolutely. Again, what, what Omar, and look, we will talk about this at depth the entire offseason. What Omar Spates did in that play when he went out to the flat and covered Noah Kane, that's it legitimately what you saw last year from guys like Micah Parsons. So when you have guys that that legitimately have played that much football and can make plays like that, yeah, I'm going to get excited by a guy who's 245 pounds, who runs a 4-5-40, who ran down a running back like he was slicing up a tomato or like he was out there cooking red beans. Like, did he just get the jambalaya pot? Like, this dude legitimately turned heads. LSU turned heads. You watch the Bama game. Joe and I just talked about it. Okay? The bottom line is... You have a potential and a chance to do something special. And guys, oh, Blake, I got this message. I got DM 25 times this weekend. Oh, but Mr. Blake, Mr. Blake, it's just a spring game. I know we're not overreacting, but when a white dude who's 5'11", 170, goes for 70 yards in a tutty, what, what am I going to talk about? All right, last thing before we get to Eric Weinberger. Hayden Travinsky. The man's got the best mustache in all of in all of sports. It's not debatable. Science has proven that LSU catcher and senior Hayden Dravinsky's got the best mustache in the business. Guys, all I'm going to tell you is this. We're going to talk a lot of baseball this week. We talked about it. We did the post games. All of it. What a massive weekend. What a massive weekend for LSU baseball. Surprised that they swept? No. Happy they did? You're damn right. You're damn right. You needed to go on the road and do it. You had to go out there and do it. And with two outs in the bottom of the ninth and two strikes, a guy that had been riding the pine all year, a senior who everybody had written off, yeah, he had gotten some at-bats here and there. He had played. He appeared in 16 of the 37, so 45 games. Hit you home run to clinch a series and to sweep it. It's massive, man. 
You're getting healthier. You got guys coming out of the pen. You you got your your bats coming back. Tommy Tanks wasn't that hurt. Just got a little nicked up. Hey man, you're the number. You have you were ranked the number one team in preseason. You've maintained it the entire season. Do you understand in college baseball how difficult that is? Do you understand that? All right, let's get to Eric Weinberger. But Brandon says eating red beans right now. It's so good, bro. You know how we do on a Monday. Shout out to Devin Snow over at Hold the Mayo. Red beans on a Monday. I mean, you know who didn't have red beans this Monday or, or this weekend, rather, in New Orleans? Nate Diaz of the UFC. Now, he's fighting Jake Paul in a couple a couple weeks or a couple months, but he's out in the middle of Bourbon Street, rear neck choking dudes in the middle of Bourbon. Could you imagine a granny out there with two hurricanes and Nate Diaz is choking the life out of somebody? Huh? Producers. He chokes. Guys, he chokes somebody. He he puts somebody to sleep in the middle of bourbon. The simple fact that shots didn't ring out, pop, 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 in the middle of bourbon is uncanny and unreal. All right. The guy that created... Founded, made, produced the NFL Network. It is draft week, baby. It is draft week. Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. Can't believe it. <laughs> it's not like we didn't know. But it's going to be interesting. Very interesting. All right, let's get to our guy. Let's talk about our good friend, Carol Falls over at State Farm. State Farm, 45 seconds, and we are back. But you already know what we're going to say. If you want to reduce your spending, you want to get some money back into your pocket, the worst thing that Carol Falls can tell you, oh, we can save you money. Or if he can't help you with your policy, he'll tell you. That's how good our good friend Carol Falls is. We're back in 45 seconds. Air Weinberger, next. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with a great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there and individual premiums will vary by customer all applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. We're back! The man, the myth, the legend, Eric Weinberger is in the building, baby. What's happening? How's my framing? Feels a little tight here. I can't believe how long it's taken for me to you, you to allow me on this show. Oh, okay. I'm so glad you brought that because I thought you would say that. Can I give you the dates that I sent you the link to come on the show? Are you ready? Oh, you've got them recorded? Well, I have them documented right here. February 22nd, August the 22nd, August the 21st, February 1st of last year. Don't, baby, I've been wanting look, you I, to come on now. I think I was busy. I was, no, I know, I know. Don't say I wasn't. This is the perfect week, though. This is the perfect week we saved it for. It is because... It's NFL Draft Week, and That's right. you're the man, the myth, the legend who starred the NFL Network. Let me just – I'm giving you the open floor, Eric. We talked about this in the pre-show stuff. How did this all come about? So this week, everybody and their mama will be watching the draft. College people, NFL people. It's one thing that brings everybody together. 
How did all this come about? How did you start all this? So ESPN started it, okay, right? Okay. Um, our goal at the network, just like you do every day and your fans do every day, football doesn't stop, right? right. So our, our goal after the Super Bowl was how do we fill the time from the Super Bowl till kickoff? So we, were, we, we, we started exploring the combine. This is my favorite time of year by far. I mean, season's great. Sunday mornings are great. Saturday nights are great. But but the draft this week, I mean, I get chills. I get goosebumps every Monday before draft week still. I left, right. in 2000, I left the league in 2015. Um, 06 is when we really started. We brought the full crew, Mayock, Eisen. We brought everyone to, to be side-by-side side with, with ESPN. ESPN, right. And that was just the best. Schefter was there. Um, which who which, you hired at one point in his career, correct? I hired Adam. I hired Adam in, uh, yeah, in, in 03. He was part of the original group that, that was on air for NFL Network. Eisen was first. Kara mm. Henderson. Seth Joyner. Oh. Ken Norton Jr. And Schefter. What, really a like, what a lineup. What a lineup. It was great. It was great. It was, it was great. And Adam was, you know, Rich, who still is, I think he's doing like, this must be his 17th draft that he's doing. Right. So, so he's just been, he's been the, the, the mainstay at the network, but Adam, uh, what, what, a, what a beast he was at the beginning. I mean, and what a beast he is now. And then today it's perfect timing to come through it today that on air, he, 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 he announces the, the Rogers deal, <laughs> but, but I'm so curious, like for guys like yourself, young guys like yourself, like what did, what did Adam and that whole football insider movement, like what over the last decade has that meant for, for fans like you guys? Well, for, for me, okay. As a 16 year old kid who just got his first offer. Okay, in 2006, when you were talking about, yeah, seeing Adam Schefter go on, the, you know, go come on and says, "Hey, uh, the Lions are going Calvin Johnson," and the yeah. pick's not even in. Well, how do you know that? Okay, well, obviously he knows because of sourcing, and and I'm like, you know what? And and, and watching guys hug Roger Goodell, that's just a motivating factor because Eric, I come from a single parent household. Right, like I want to be, I wanted to be up there. So then you're seeing your guys who are getting drafted, and then the craziest thing of all time happened when you guys like launch and you're there and you're doing everything. The trash talking started. EJ Manuel's going to the first round with the Bills. Who in the world would draft him first overall with their pick? So it was just all of the atmosphere, and then what something will lead to. It was just the entire week. Right, yeah. everything's building up for the week when Reggie Bush isn't going number one overall. So as a New Orleans and Louisiana, y'all broke the news, and Schefter broke the news. Mario Williams was going number one overall to the Texans, and Reggie Bush was going to be a New Orleans Saint, which you know what happened there. So long answer short, that's where I think a lot of people... So remember, when, remember in 06, it was still Saturday and Sunday, the draft. Right. So, so I, don't th I don't know when we moved it to Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But it was Saturday, Sunday, right? For the first couple of years, we moved it to Radio City. There's a couple amazing things. I, 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 I think one of the things you and I have always talked about was, especially at the draft, how much information is being passed 
to the insiders or to back in the day, people used to think Chris Berman was getting it in his ear who the pick was. Okay. So, so there's a couple things. The, the players know they're getting picked like five or 10 minutes before the pick actually happens. I, I don't know if you remember 06, 07, 08. Uh, we used to cut to the green room. Right. When the, when the player was getting like Vernon Davis was bawling, crying when before the commissioner came up and made the pick, we put an end to that at around 08, 09. And there was a, there was a lot behind the scenes that went into that. So we put an end to cutting to the green room. Uh, when those kids got the phone call, we wanted, we wanted uh, commissioner Goodell's announcement to be the first time you heard the pick even though the player already knew. And the, so since the player knew, Adam and Chris Mortensen would learn also. So I think it was about 07, 08. I used to have Adam perched up to the front of Radio City Music Hall, right by the stage. So he would be right in front of where Commissioner Goodell would walk out. Uh huh. And about the first 12 picks before Commissioner Goodell got up there, I would cut the camera down to Adam and Adam would say, okay, with the eighth pick, is going to be yeah, whoever. I think by about the 12th pick, Commissioner Goodell walked by Adam and whispered, tell Weinberger to stop. You guys got to stop tipping the pick. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so much, much to the argument. There was, so, so that off season, it took another year to produce the draft. That off season, myself, the league, uh, ESPN, we, argued back and forth because a lot of people are thinking but it's it's journalism so adam's finding this stuff out on his own mort's finding it out on his own mm. and i was saying we've got to hold it so you'll notice now you'll you won't know the pick it's even banned from twitter at this point i mean you you want it i i, I think the tv audience wants to hear it from the commissioner and now that moment like you talked about that moment has gotten so special between the commissioner and the player no right? doubt no doubt yeah well, and I think I think too. So I think it was two years ago, three years ago. I, I no, maybe even more than that. The year that Baker Mayfield went number one overall. Mm -hmm. Okay, nobody knew. Nobody legit. Nobody thought he would go number one overall. And Eric, right. I got to tell you, when that when Goodell read off Mayfield. I was I was mortified. I was I was beside myself. Mm -hmm. No idea there was going to be him. You, so, go ahead, go ahead. You, you know another reason we did it too, though. Then there were years like Brady Quinn sitting in the oh, green room forever, yeah, and Rogers. Yeah, but but the Brady Quinn one was the was the painful one. Actually, Johnny Manziel waited too, and that that became our highest rated show ever because he didn't go to the twenties, right? So people kept waiting. Right. So, so from a television standpoint, you're, you're saying if one of these big names drops, people will keep tuning in. When Brady dropped and it was really painful, I mean, it, it started becoming painful, right? right. And, and I think he was with his girlfriend and he's such a great guy. And uh, that was all. We were also trying to prevent that also, even though like for a lot of TV producers, it's like that's gold. Right. But – but, you know, it starts becoming like these are 22-year-old kids. Like, this, this is, you know, we just got to kind of protect them a little bit. But it's the most fun ever. The do draft think, is, is, is the most fun ever. Do you think they should bring it back or no? Bring what back? The green room, like, seeing no. guys not getting picked. I don't think so. I think okay. it's – I think it's – I think we've moved way past that. I think moving these to these outdoor venues 
has moved on to something else. I, I actually sometimes think it's almost for TV. It's almost too big at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, but, mm. but it, it's a, it's, it's out of the stable now, right? I mean, it's it's not it's not getting pulled back. Yeah, I, well, and even now, I mean, somebody will leak it on Twitter, and people, you know, uh, yeah. people. This one has it. This one has a huge chance to become a massive rated draft with four QBs. Even if they go, you know, one through through the top eight picks, which they might do, it's still when you have four quarterbacks of this of this level. I mean, it's going to bring a lot of attention to the draft. Well, even even Eric. I mean, what if one of them falls? You know, yep. like and, which one and, do you think will fall? I, I said this two weeks CJ ago will? on Rafino and Joe show. I always thought it would be Stroud. Yeah, and I've been on record for that for probably three months. You've been talking about that for a while. I've been talking about that for a while, basically because I talked to someone at Houston and I talked to someone in Carolina that I played with. They've been there, and basically they told me. When they got in the room with him, he was on the board and just personality-wise, nobody liked him. Then the opposite happened for Will Levis. People were saying, like, one owner told a scouting department, I don't care what you got to do, find out everything you need to know on Will Levis, period, and go back and reevaluate him. And that's when I was kind of like, oh, okay, well, this might be something serious. Yeah. T t tell me one thing. I'm going to flip this for a second. All right. You know, you know how I feel about you, and you know how I feel <laughs> about what you're doing down there and what you're doing with your with your guys down there. Thank you. How'd you start doing this? Because I, I just I'm fascinated by I'm fascinated by what you, what Joe, what the charity stripe, what what Johnny Lazarus with the Rangers, what what so many of our hosts do. But but t tell me how long you've been doing it. Like just quickly, give me give me a little bit of because no one asks you. But but tell me how how you started doing this. LSU was firing Les Miles. Yep. Okay. Uh, he LSU lost to Auburn. And a prominent LSU beat reporter said, Les is not getting fired. Okay. It came out and said, LSU has said that they're not getting fired. So when is this? This must be 2016. Yeah. Okay. I At the position and place that I was at the time, I was with an official who told me that that was a crock of crap. And I know the detail service that brought him from where he was to LSU to retrieve his stuff. Yep. I go out on Twitter and said and say these three words: "Less has or four words: Less has been fired." Okay, officially. Well, it went the te the tweet went viral, and you knew it, and I knew it. I, I just knew it. So okay. then so fast forward. Fast forward. I started the podcast, then. COVID happens, you know, I had some breaks in between it, COVID happens, and everybody's just sitting at home, and I, I literally just told my wife, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going all in. All my chips are in, well, and, and that's how it all started. Dad didn't look back yet. And you're crushing it. Yeah, trying to. You're crushing it. You, just, you do a really <laughs> nice job, man. I, you know, I'm always, that's, this is what, I, I, I love, I love doing it. I love, I love, I love stumbling, everyone loves stumbling across sort of new talent. And it's just, uh, it, 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 I just keep encouraging you and, and, and people all over like you. There's so many opportunities now to do this stuff. And, you know, you happen to be in a fan base that's just, you know, it's incredible. Well, even, um, even Eric, I mean, the simple nature, and you know this, okay, because you've hired guys, like you have relationships in, the, in business. 
I legitimately know 15 coaches that I played with that are in the SEC. Yeah. Like, one, two, three. Four of them were in our wedding. I always wanted to do a draft. <laughs> I always wanted to do uh, – I always wanted to break into separate draft shows per team. So – but per, per college. So I, I had pitched an idea that we do Alabama, Texas, LSU, Georgia, and uh, Clemson. And we, we either do it from their campuses, but but the, the, the draft has still just hit, I think, the tip of the iceberg. I think what we're doing at Believe, what we're going to do by doing 32 draft shows. Right. So Giants always talking about Giants, Seahawks always talking about Seahawks, because I know it from the research. Like, I know that when, after the Vikings pick, the Viking fans want more Vikings in. They don't care about the next pick. Right. But I also think there's an untapped in the SEC in, in in the Big Ten, for those you guys want to talk about who your next four quarterbacks are. So once your wide receiver gets picked, who are the other five wide receivers who are still there? I, I just think I just think there's so many different directions that we could all go with uh, uh, with with what we have here. No doubt. And you know what's crazy about it, Eric? What I learned last year. So remember last year, me and Mike Yuva, who's with Believe, he does the South Carolina yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So we did it four hours, four hours and 27 minutes. I'll never forget it as long as I live. And when some of the LSU guys start falling. So I thought during the night, our numbers would, you know, just drop. It's getting later. It's a Thursday, whatever. Well, when LSU dudes started dropping, the numbers kept climbing. They kept climbing. They kept climbing. Oh, when they kept dropping, when in the they draft. kept dropping in the draft, our numbers yeah, started to, our yeah. numbers. Cause you know, I mean, like, look, we have 300 people in here right now. And to all 300 people, you better like, share, and subscribe. But when, you know, something bad happens and what gets caught up in the media, people just start to like it, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. where people get their 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 jollies off. Let me ask you this question. Yep. Best NFL network or best NFL story that you have? Go. Oh, man. Best story we have. You didn't prep me for that one. I didn't. I wanted it to be natural. I think um, I, I think Mayock, I'll, I'll keep it to the draft. I think Mike Mayock, I think he predicted in his mock draft that Aaron Rodgers, if he didn't get picked first overall, he was going to end up. Did he end up number 24 to the yes. Packers? Yes. So he said if he doesn't go one, he's going 24 to the Packers. That that was a that was an amazing that was an amazing moment. Um uh, Man, I loved him so much. I hated um, that he did. I love him so much too. Yeah, I, 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 I want to get him going again. He's. He, I think he did some playoff games on radio. Um, I think you know he took he, he. These guys, they take a big shot, right? They take mm -hmm. a big shot going off a of TV and going getting into that, really getting into that fire. I mean, right. no one knew these players better than Mike. No, I, I you know, listen, Daniel Jeremiah, who we hired, he's amazing. DJ. DJ's a dude, too. DJ's great. DJ's DJ played ball, and he was great with, with, with Joe and, and Matt Sims last week. But Mike was different. Mike was different, and he really, for those five, six years, we were, we were aggravating ESPN at that point because not only were we there, we were – Mike had a way of really cutting to it, right? He really had a – the way he delivered, right? He he just he really cut to it, um, and and that Rogers thing that that was a great story for us. 
No doubt. And, and yeah. just the simple nature of who he went to, him falling the way that he did. And that's, again, I mean, people – I will never forget that draft as long as I live. I remember exactly what Aaron Rodgers was wearing. He yep. was wearing the black suit, the pinstripe suit. He had on a purple tie, and his hair was spiked up, and he was clean yep. cut. And I'm yep. like, that dude is yep. falling like a bad habit, which is crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, on the day that he happens. Let me ask you this. Uh, yep. A couple more for you, Eric. Yeah, go Thank you it. so much for joining us. Come on. You had some massive personalities. Mm-hmm. You had Warren Sapp, who, by the way, happy anniversary to Warren Sapp next week on our on our interview. That was amazing. Oh, but you got to get him back. I do. We, we got to get him back. But Marshall Falk, like, what was it like from an executive role like yourself with those massive of personalities? They were uh, – it was um, – it, it, they made it easy, okay? They, they made it easy in the respect that, first of all, what, what, what people with the football players, the Hall of Famers, they're Hall of Famers because they were always on time. They, they, they wanted direction. They wanted critiques. That, that's how they got to be the best, right? What, sat, Warren showed up for every production meeting and every show. He'd be sit, five, ten minutes before every show, before every meeting. Marshall, Marshall, I remember Marshall. I was a young guy. Marshall looked at me and he said, Eric, you need to tell me. Don't let me guess where to be, when to be there, what to do. You need to tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said also, okay, they challenged me a lot. So, you know, we had a point where it was Eisen, Mooch, Sap, Irvin. And it, it was my- it, with all, to cut you off. Yeah, it, yeah. So it was the goat of goat-like panel. It, it was a good show, right? It was the it goat. Was a, it, it was a good show for a couple of years. And, and 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 I had and we had Michael too, who's still there with Rich and Mooch, but that that group of five was was pretty special. It was and, it was it was football's uh, Barkley and Shaq. You know yeah, what I mean? Having, like they were having a good time. Warren was so good, <laughs> and uh, and Marshall knew every position, which was rare from the running back position. That's rare to find a running back who does know the game the way Marshall mm-hmm. knew it. So a lot of running backs. When you're casting them on these shows, some of the running backs just don't have a full grasp of what the quarterback's doing. I mean, Marshall's, Marshall, you know, held Peyton Manning's hand his rookie year. Right. Mar- right. Marshall knew Marshall knew the running game, the passing game. I mean, you know, he did it all. Um, so it, it was great. It was great. They were big personalities. They were tough. They were tough on me, but they were champions, man. And they just wanted to win and be coached and do the best job that they could do. And they did it. I'm going to leave this last question open for you. Yeah. If you, basically what I'm just asking in a very general question, is this the best week in sports? It's, I, I mean, I love it. I love this. I've always loved this month. When you got that first round of hockey, first round of NBA, and now with the with UFC, how big that's gotten. So you always have a big fight every Saturday night. You used to have like a couple big boxing, you look a couple well, big Ryan fights. Garcia and, and the and, draft, and, the Derby. There, there's just so much going on. I, I I love it. I I like this time of year better than any time of year. Well, I I outside of the first weekend in September. I the April April May is my favorite because look I'm a Yankees fan. Baseball's kicking off. Why is Judge hitting 289? They're throwing him sinkers what on a the freak. Fr- you know. You're a Yankee fan too. Oh, I'm a freak. 
Yeah. But hey, people don't what, know. At what, at what point can you show us with your camera what else is going on, on down there? Like, when can you pull <laughs> that camera out? Show us the basement or show us whatever room All right, you're hold in. on. Hold on. Come on. Hold on. What's it going to be? So we got two weeks. Two weeks and it's official. Okay, yeah. you ready? This is just a small sample size. LSU has a guy that's going number one overall. Baseball. Yep. yep. So this is getting hung right here. Oh, decorations you're putting up. Got it. Signed, sealed, delivered. My man Joey B over here. Got one from him. Bring Carter so, in. Can you bring him in too? Can you bring three of us in at once? Yeah, I can bring three of us in at once. Bring him in real quick. Carter, you see. ready? Thumbs up if you're ready. Dude, he said, oh, "Hold on one second. <laughs> now, now he's ready. Now he's ready. I want. I just want to get a quick one with him. All right. So now we got Carter, Eric, and Carter. One. Carter, you do a hell of a job too, man. You, you guys do. It, you guys just do a great job. And Carter, where? What, what's your guy's story? What do you oh. mean? Like, how do you guys? How do we know connect? Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I honestly don't remember. So, Eric, I had on, we talked about Warren Sapp. So, it's about the same time I met Carter. Uh, people told me to bring him on. We did. We had a show that had 27,000 views and listens. And I told Carter, and I was like, listen, um, me and you are going to, me and you are going to do a Monday morning segment every uh, every Monday, pretty much. So, that's yeah, how it I, happened. I, I I honestly don't remember. It just kind of just uh, happened. Well, Carter, you do uh, a heck of a job too. You guys, you guys just you got to keep doing it. And, <laughs> and the thing you the thing you stepped on also was do, after the women's national championship game, you went live and probably had one of your biggest days you've ever had. Uh, it was by far the biggest day. Over it's going to be over a hundred thousand total views and listens. It's unreal. It's unreal. Yeah. So I I so this weekend I interviewed uh, Michaela Williams, and I talked to her dad. She's a five star recruit. Yep. number one player so talked to her dad and i told him man he was just like blown away by that i was like man it's women's basketball took that next step you really felt something different it, it truly was crazy and you guys paid respect you you were on at the right time you you, you no one else was doing it no you one did it and you paid respect to the team but but also it's a listen it's a it's a hot sport, right? It's 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 yeah. a, it's a people Eric, love it. Simple, I love it. The simple fact that I get I talked women's basketball recruiting, and it is the biggest show that we've ever done. When LSU won a national title, is ridiculous. Yeah, you guys are a clinic for what young people and what people doing now. Like, you could do one show a week if you want, but if you really want to get going, you got to do five shows a week, six shows a week. You got to go on after national championship <laughs> games. You just got to do it. And yeah. then, you know, and, and then you hope coach JB does it that we, we got a, we got a bunch that are doing it, but I, I listen, I, I hope I didn't bring your viewership down today. You did and, not uh, look, they, and, they loved it. They loved yeah, it. They said, listen, uh, I just love what you guys do. I'm really proud. Menard of said great interview. I'm locked in over here. So yeah. no, listen, draft. I, I got a couple other stories for you another time. Okay. We, we found some great talent too, at the network, man. We found will, some great Marcellus Wiley, Trent Dilfer. I had Gruden on a draft before he left for ESPN. That's a hilarious story. Um, uh, who else did you guys like that was on the network? I mean, Nate Burleson is probably Nate Burl. Nate has turned into the biggest star that's come through the network. Well, I was going to say him. Well, and it was his one. He was his big takes that wind up being right. Like they were so ridiculous 
They were so was, ridiculous, and then they would come out to be true. And I'm like, this you know is what, so Nate, wild. Nate, Nate, from the day he walked on, he was just so comfortable in his own skin and uh, and confident and yet not cocky. Um, and now you watch him doing the news. You know, you watch him doing the news at 7 in the morning. Marcellus was like that, too. Marcellus, we used to, I used to bring on players while they were still playing. So we would have... Uh, we would have players only. We would have Marcellus, Trent, when he was still playing. Dilfer was incredible. I mean, incredible. Yeah, I need. To, uh, we need to get him. I'd love yeah, to know got, how. He, we got to get him. He's just got his hands full right yeah, now up in uh, yeah, Birmingham. Yeah, he got too many kids hitting the portal. <laughs> 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 All right, Eric. Guys. Salute. Love you guys. Thank you, buddy. Keep, keep it up. Thank you. All right, that's Eric Weinberger, the dude. The man. Dude, he's so great. Could, could you imagine, like, hearing how the NFL Network started? I, I didn't hear the beginning. All right. I, I did. Well, you'll have, to, you'll have to go back and listen. It's it's yeah. unreal how much he's, like, connected. Like, could you imagine being the dude that hired Sap, Dilfer, Eisen, like, all those dudes? I remember how big of a deal that Eisen left ESPN for the NFL Network. Yeah. Hey. And now he's got his hey. own show. Carl, let's do this. Let's talk about our good friends over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Me and Carter return with you next. We talk some else in football. By the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vignair are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell them your good friend Blake Rafino with AYS. Since you on by. We're back. All right, officially, the man is back, Carter. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going I'm to call you a name. Are you ready? I'm born ready. Stop overreacting. Your new name is overreacting Carter. Okay. Well, what what for? Wobbly passes. They didn't wobble on Saturday. Oh, they didn't about. wobble. Who would they have did. ever guessed that? Me. All right. Let's talk <laughs> I, about this spring game. Carter, the power of Brian's joining us. Buddy, I got to admit, I'm not going to overreact. I'm not going to overreact. Man, they look pretty solid, though. They looked sharp. They they look like they needed to look right. Am I am I wrong in saying that? No, Jaden in particular was really good. Um, especially well, well, I to really interrupt you. So was so was Garrett. Oh yeah, no, they were both fantastic. Um, obviously, you know the only thing was mostly the red zone portions, uh, especially early, but then you know a little bit later. But honestly, outside of that, they were fantastic. Well, uh, well Carter, they threw eight of ten plays that they ran in the red zone. They threw the ball eight times, like from the two. 
Right. From right. The t- so, I mean, so that that is that in and of itself is a low percentage play. No, absolutely. But honestly, Jaden was really good. I think, you know, as far as his decisiveness and honestly just the way he actually just ripped uh the the, the balls into Kyron, it was really good. And outside of that, you know, I know under I know Kyron Lacey is the big story, right? The big spring game. But BTJ and Malik also were really good Agreed. in the spring game. Uh, and they honestly did a lot of things to help Kyron get open. And then obviously, outside of Kyron Lacey, Landon Ibietta, that was a great run after catch. and On, on I, a five-star DB. Right. And they got very creative. I, I think one thing that I thought really stood out to me as well was Kyle Parker and how much he played with the first groups. And I, as you know, Blake, I was really high on him from the get-go. And he started moving up, you know, the recruiting boards. And he looked sharp. Uh, you know, after the landed Ibietta catch, um, you know, I like seeing a wide receiver when he doesn't get the ball do something else, right? So after the Ibietta catch, he immediately found someone to block right when the ball hit his hands and he hit a he had a big block on a linebacker to help spring it. Um now IBA had a probably still, you know, runs that distance, but those little things really matter in the SEC where everybody's good on the back end. So, you know, I saw the guys in particular on offense do a lot of the little things right. And that is absolutely huge, especially considering you still have Aaron Anderson and Shelton Sampson coming in the summer. So wide receivers looked unbelievable, Blake. And this is a big one offensively uh, for me. Pass protection was really good. Now, oh. you don't really judge the second unit. That's the reason why Brian Kelly addressed that pretty quickly in the press conference with all the walk-ons, you know, with the second unit. But the first unit, the pass protection was really good in my estimation. Um, well, they and- just picked up every blitz. They didn't have a missed assignment. They, they got didn't. beat one-on-one, which I'm okay with. You're right. going to get beat as long as you picked up the assignments. Marlon Martinez looked good. Yeah. Uh, Will Campbell, Emory Jones. You know who probably had the best day from a pickup perspective, just knowing what he needed to do? Miles Frazier. So had a good day. Yeah. when you talk about those things and pass protections, it, it, it it's a big deal. Kyle Parker might be the best route runner on this team. He might be the best right. route runner on this team. So – they just look sharp. You know, let me let me ask you this question that a lot of people are concerned about. I said earlier today on the show, I'm not concerned at LSU, with LSU at DB. I'm not concerned. I'm cautious, or I am aware of what happened. I, I'm just not going to overreact to them the way that they looked. Howard, what do you think about them? I agree, especially considering this is the first time that they're tackling. Um, that's harder for the secondary than it is the front seven people because you're in more open space as a tackler. So I know that sounds like I'm making excuses for him, but at the same time, Blake, well, you are. I mean, you are. I mean, ultimately, it, it, but it's it, it, it's just the truth. It's really hard to tackle, but you do also need to be direct at the same time. You factor that into the equation. It was a bad day. It was it was a bad day for a lot of people. Now, once again, this is just one spring game. This is just one. 
but there were some really rough performances out there. I will say this, though. I think LaTerrence Welch and what he did in the game really makes you feel better. Obviously, the big plays that he made, one was against Chris Hilton, one was against Gregory Clayton. Now that he's had this game, he's going to have more opportunities to go up against Malik, BTJ, um, Shelton when he gets there. So he's going to be going up against some higher-end talents uh, once the ball really gets rolling. There's a lot of people in Lafayette that watch your show and my show that really want to see this kid actually live up to his potential. That was a big day for him. It was. Um, and he made some really difficult plays. He got his hands on the ball, showed some ball skills, you know, batting those balls away. And this hopefully can be something that leads into him potentially being a player on next year's team. But overall, I think by far the strongest unit Blake were the linebackers. Uh, Omar Spates can really play. He really showed a wide variety of skills that I think will translate. Obviously, Harold Perkins' first game as an off-ball linebacker was fine. I thought the Weeks brothers had uh, some good games in their own respect. So second level of the defense was good. First level, uh, obviously, the line was good versus a run. You would have liked to have seen more pass rush generated from those guys. Uh, especially up the middle, but that's Mason Smith's specialty, so we'll see that. Obviously, change is something that you've been promoting pretty heavily. Uh, but the secondary does need to get better, and I'm hoping for the best there. There's two thoughts that I had. Let's hear it. Let's go. What am I supposed to take from them being in man-to-man coverage and everybody knowing they're in man-to-man coverage? Jay knows, Garrett knows, the receivers know, everybody knows. There's no guessing on what the DB is going to do to you. The second thought I had in saying that, though, that was Ed Orgeron's defense. So the simplest amount of coverage that you had, Ed thought it was legit good defense when you just run man-to-man all the time. I'm going to be cautious. I'm not going to overreact. I just think. You know, look, Denver, who hasn't played football in over eight months, you know, he made a bad decision on going on the outside and then, which isn't necessarily a bad move, attacking the outside left shoulder of the back of the wide receiver because most guys turn out, they don't turn in when they catch a hitch. Well, Landon just happened to do that. I agree with you with Terrence Welsh. I think that there's not another receiver in the country that you – I mean, he ran stride for stride with Chris Hilton. Okay, that like that's massive. I mean, running stride for stride with Chris Hilton. My thing's not with corner. It's with safety. As Brian Kelly alluded to, buddy, not only were they missing tackles, they were out of position. Okay? I don't know what's – and I know Major Burns isn't here, and I know that Sage Ryan is having to play. You can't be out of position in man-to-man coverage. You just can't. And for me, that's more concerning of not knowing what you need to do when you're this much into the program than anything. I mean, Kyron Lacey broke two tackles from Harold Perkins. Okay, great. I know Harold Perkins is a dude. But Greg Brooks and Sage Ryan being out of position is an issue for me that they're going to have to correct really quickly. Yeah, Sage's first time, you know, being a true safety. Is it, it though? Was, is it, though, Carter? Is it, I'm though? Not 
not really. I mean, he he obviously no. He played that entire Bama game from that safety position. He was out of position and he looked slow. I will say, he missed a lot of tackles. A lot, and, and it, it it was a high amount, and it was a lot of different types of tackles. So you do worry about that. <clears throat> I think Greg Brooks also. Had a rough day. Um, you could see him getting a little frustrated out there as well. Um, so yeah, you do you do worry a little bit about the safety spot. And is there someone out there that they could find? I will say this though, Blake. I I do like Kylan Jackson a lot. Now that is a lot to ask of him to come in the summer and fall and really be a big time rotational piece for a national championship level team but like i said when he initially committed the opportunity is there to play safety at lsu as a true freshman it's rare that that is the case he's gonna have a good shot and i i believe in him i don't know him personally don't know a whole lot about him in in that aspect but i think he can play and he he, he might get a shot also i thought toviano did some good things Thank you. um i thought you know in particular his physicality really showed, even on just tackling receivers. He he loves to get nasty, if you will. Yeah, he's a physical dude. Yeah, and he he's a tank. I mean, he's a he's a big, physically opposing uh, uh, a guy. So what was interesting when I was in Baton Rouge a few weeks ago, I saw him, and I knew he looked big, but you can tell when you stand next to him, this looks like a Division One Power Five kind of guy. Uh, so I'm really excited uh, to see his development as well. And uh, I thought he did some good things uh, on Saturday. Anything else stand out to you? What else stood out to you? Quite a bit, Blake. I think there is a non-zero chance that uh, Giovanni Peterson plays some next year at tight end. Um, hold on. Hold on. What, what now? Number 45. I mean, look at the tight no. end depth. Look at look at where they are right now. Now that that's a deep shot. Obviously, Mason Taylor's a guy when he comes back. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think there is a possibility that he plays some next year. Um, I'm not I'm not sitting here telling you that he, he's the next Richard Dixon. He will definitely but, come in on pass pro. I can agree. I could see that. Anything yeah, else? No, I'm, no. Not, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. He wasn't one of my highest graded guys, but I think there's a real possibility that he gets some reps next year. Um, and also uh, for me, Blake, I think Omar Spates is just going to have to be so big for this defense next year. I mean, he really filled a lot of holes, and it looked really good. He looked really freaking The best good. play for him was they sent a blitz on third down, Jane threw the flare route to Noah Kane, and instead of going in on the blitz, he got out in the flat and made that tackle on Noah Kane. He checked. He checked without asking permission. He knew what he had to do. And I don't know if anybody knows this, but when you're going four seams in a flare route, okay, the DB it's it, it's more than a first down. He probably gained 15, right. 20 yards on that. Okay, he made the most impressive play to me defensively outside of what Harold Perkins has what Harold Perkins did we'll talk to her about Harold Perkins next but it was just good I thought some of the inside runs that were stuffed by Harold Perkins 
Yeah, I, 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 mean, I, I dude, he, he, he got past Will Campbell. Like, is he going to see better left tackles than Will Campbell? No. I, I, and and I, I will also bring this up as well, Blake. Last year, LSU did not pull their linemen as much as they did in 2021. So pulling them, just a simplified, you know, definition, going from one side of the line of scrimmage to the other, right? They tried that a lot in the spring game, and you would see them working on that in practice. And LSU just did a really good job of stuffing it. Um, and that was really impressive from that group, even though, you know, they didn't generate um, the first group, that is. The second group did mostly because of the, the competition they were playing. They did a really good job. You know, as you know, Blake, as a defensive lineman, it's really hard to play against pullers. It, it can be very tricky. So I, I thought that was very interesting. Um, and I also think the blitz pickup, when LSU elected to blitz, was really good. It really, really, really was. And I give Brad Davis and Mike Dembrock all the credit when it comes to that. And I give Marlon more. Martinez more than I right. give Brad Davis. I mean, because he made the right calls and the right checks when he needed to. And Holden makes a really good point here. I see Jordan in the About in the, the chat. special teams. And yeah. And once again, you know, you can't really see how the special teams units are performing without actually tackling. Uh, the missed field goals – he missed a 47-yard field goal. Are we overreacting to that? I mean, no. I, I think there was a lot of overreaction to the missed field goal. I would always go back to the Alabama and Florida kicks from Ramos this past year. I'd rather make those than, than, than make these in the spring game. Uh, uh, I think it's a little – I think I, – I I'm not worried. No, not either. I'm not worried about field goal kicker either. I thought, though – you know, I'm not worried about Ricky Collins or any of the true freshmen. We need to talk about we need to talk about him, but continue. But I I do think, right? I found a few things that Jaden did um, in this game to be very encouraging. Now, can he translate that to actual play on the field? Because, you know, in a spring game, you are also less inclined to tuck and run because it's hard to tuck and run in an actual competitive setting because you can't actually get brought down. It takes away from that. I think next year, Blake teams are going to be like, look, Jaden, we know you can kill us with your legs. We're going to mush rush you. We're just going to rush for stay in our pass lanes. Can you continue to beat us with pinpoint passes with us dropping seven, us dropping eight ish with the spy. And that's why the Kyron Lacey throw the one-handed catch, Kyron deserves all the credit for that and all the credit for the run after. But, you know, the way I looked at it, it looked as if that was a double move to Malik Neighbors. He goes off of that when it was covered. And to get that ball over Harold Perkins uh, and throw it on the line. And he throw had to it throw it exactly where he had to throw it, even though it was a great catch is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah, it, it could have been a little bit more up and down, but I don't really care about that if you're going – all the way to the left and then working back to the right. That was really impressive, especially considering last year, one spot of the field, Jaden did not, or one type of throw he didn't like to throw or seamish routes right. up the middle. Because if you do throw them high, they'll get, they're going to get picked and get, and gets picked. I like to see that willingness for him 
to do that. So, well, and you got to give him credit, Carter. I mean, it's not as if Garrett Nussmeyer's just handed it over to him. Right. All right. right. Two th- last things, and we'll get you out of here because it was getting kind of late. Ricky Collins. Ricky, if, Ricky Collins, man. Uh, let me just say this. I get he's running with the third string. I get that. Walker Howard didn't throw in a triple coverage against something picked off last year. Got a long way to go. Yeah, it was it was rough. Um, it was more than rough. Now, he showed some really good traits that I liked. I bro, Brother, he was getting taken down, and he didn't give two Rudy Poos. Right. I, I like seeing him in an open fashion. Decision make. You know who he is? I'm just serious. It's, it's Garrett. Man, he's going to have to just be – you're just going to have to be fine with him progressing. And there's right. nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and, you know, Blake, I don't like, – when I have the part two of the film study airing right after we're done here. I actually cut out all the Ricky snaps. Okay, because, okay. But for but for good reason because it, it just didn't feel it, – it doesn't feel like he's – I mean, Carter, he's playing with a third-string walk-on O-line. Right. I mean, yeah, I, but, it, it really affected him. It but really did. there's yeah. no reason to throw in a triple coverage to Kyle Parker. I mean, his receivers aren't poo. Right. Yeah, that was that it's was inexcusable. It's inexcusable. I hate seeing those kinds of things. All right, last one. Yeah. Uh, Trey Holly. He had a good game. I think he pushed piles, which was good to see. We didn't see anything like. Truly, Trey Holly spectacular. I disagree. I disagree in terms of like a long run. I but what's no, twenty I, yards though? No, 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 no. I'm saying like his consistent like 40, 50, 60 yard bombs. Oh, uh, I mean, uh, Carter, that's in high school. But that, that's what I'm saying. I think that that's going to eventually come. But what really oh, stood out geez. to me though was just taking four yards when it was there, five yards when it was there. And a lot of young running backs that are used to doing that, they'll bounce like 30 different runs in the backfield and go for like a two-yard loss instead of just taking the four- and five-yard game. But go, no, go on. I, I, didn't, I don't want to No, I, I just I just think – well, he's not going to do that. It, 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 he might have one or two a season. I mean, this isn't Farmerville, okay? I mean, he's not going to – Carter, if he has 10 of those breakout runs, he's going to be in New York. Okay, oh, if, if, if he has four, he'll be in New York. So he's not going to have those. 20 yards is 60 yards in high school. The, the run and catch is massive for him. The run and catch is massive. For oh, the, on the for touchdown. The, for the touchdown. Because it comes with the ones. It comes from Jane Daniels, and you have that rapport. And quite honestly, can I just be real with you? I, I'm going to say something people are going to push back on me on. Why do you need John Emery? Ooh. I don't think you need John Emery. But now, John think, made a fantastic play against Alabama. You can't take take away from him. But everybody keep asking. I mean, hey, buddy, you better get with it. And I and I talked to John to, uh, a while ago, and he got to get with it. I'll, I'll say it on here because I told I he knows. So, um, we'll, we'll talk about this um, tonight. So, what was interesting on the um, the touchdown pass to Trey Holly, 
what I liked about that was they actually ran that exact same play against Bama. Well, well, they actually ran that exact same play earlier in the spring game. Oh, okay, okay. And Garrett actually missed Noah. Kane I remember that. I remember on, that. And it was the same play versus the same coverage. And I appreciated Dimbrock going back to it and getting Trey that tutty. The design of the play was very elaborate. And to come back to it, it was the exact same spot on the field. But instead of running it to the left, they actually ran it to the right. Now, Garrett, for the most part, was really good in this game. That yeah, was one Garrett's of a weird quarterback. He likes throwing that, that first route, the first fade that he threw was to the left back pylon. That Purdue interception was in that back left pylon. And then the running back flare out was to the left side. He likes just... You know, where Jaden likes to sit back and rock, he Garrett likes to throw. You know, it's two different – see, there, it's just two different styles, brother. It's just two oh, no, different – st- and I'm with you. But, I, look, we didn't talk a lot about Garrett, and we, we will all summer. But, Carter, I'm going to be real with you. If either one of – look, I was big on Jaden a, a season ago. Okay, you know that. Everybody knows that because I just knew – and I wasn't wrong, Garrett wasn't ready to lead you to win the West, okay? He is now. He is now. I fully agree with that. I fully agree with that. And and, and look, I took a lot of criticism behind this Jaden stuff now. A lot of criticism. But I knew he wasn't ready, and then the two picks against Southern proved it. Uh, He progressed throughout the season. Shocker. A red-shirted freshman progressed throughout the season. Who would have ever thought a guy could progress? They did what he did against Georgia. And let's call it what it is, buddy. He just looked freaking good. Both yeah. of them did. Yeah. You can yeah. win it. I'm going to tell you this right now. After what I saw in Alabama, either one of them, either one of them can win you the West. Alabama's not good enough. They're not good enough at quarterback. Something drastically is going to have to change. So, since I was so focused on LSU and it was a crazy weekend, I've not even seen a second of the Bama Spring It's not game. as bad as people say that it is. It's okay. not that bad, but <laughs> it's, bad. it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. I will, I will say this about Garrett. There there was – so, on the Ibieta touchdown, so they tried the same play where it was like a quick out. And he th- he threw in a triple coverage. Well, what, what's what's so fascinating is this guy progresses so fast, and even Aaron Murray brought it up in the in and you could tell he's a son of an NFL's quarterback coach, right? Um, and he just had some really impressive kind of throws. So they tried it to Ibietta early in the game. And got batted. It kind of looks it kind of yeah. looks like he is faking throwing the out but actually throwing it to the hitch. It is such a weird thing. It kind of looks like a no-look throw, but they're both in the periphery and instead of throwing the out, he throws it to the hitch and it fools the defense. I think that was part of what happened to Denver Harris because Dimbrock does a really good job of getting the defense moving left to right. SEC uh, StatCat showed that LSU actually led all of college football in uh, pre-snap motion. Mm-hmm. And they just did a really good job of that last year, and they did it a really good job of that 
in the spring game. And I'll tell you this, Blake. I do not think Dimbrock showed a lot of the playbook. And I'm not just saying no. that. No. No, Carter. Would, and, they ran. Here's what we came out with. You ready? Seven. Seven slants, ten hitches, one sluggo, one seam or fade, 12 goes. A go route. Man, a defense ain't going to know what hit him. The go route, baby. Huh? Well, and they're they're not done there. And I don't think they're done yeah. in the line. All right. Buddy, we're oh, way past our, t our, our, our time. Uh, thank you so much for being flexible on it. Good to be back with you. Thank you for joining with, with Zach last week. It's been fantastic, bud. Yeah, Zach's internet went out, and I was just here by myself. I and know. I know. I, I know. had no idea what was. I thought he was just, at first, I saw the lights go out. I thought he was turning off the show. So, I, so people don't know. I don't have any of your controls. So I thought I was just going to be just there. <laughs> no, I had it on. I had it on. I was backstage. Okay, oh, okay good. So you were. Okay. Yeah, I was even backstage. Look at you. Even on vacation. Yeah, even on vacation, the show was being. I could. I could do what I needed to do. When I just put you up there, that was me controlling everything. Oh really? Yeah. There you go. I That's just didn't sure. want to come on camera. I was holding Ben. He was half asleep, and <laughs> I, I was just I, like, I, "This I, is I, this is typical." All right, buddy. We'll see you next week. Cheers, guys. All right, that's Carter, the power of Bryant. Guys, we've gone far and beyond what we normally do. Uh, thank you so much. We'll see you guys tomorrow night. Y'all have a good one. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.